Today's daf is Ayin Hey in Psachim. We are on the second line from the top of the Amud there in Solinta Pesach. And what it said in the Mishnah was that when we, uh, when we roast the Pesach, we cannot roast it with a grill or with any other means. It has to be directly over the fire. A grill won't work. But then it said that Rabban Gamliel told Tavi, Tavi is the servant of Rabban Gamliel, very famous in the Mishnayot, to go and roast him up the Korban Pesach on a grill. So the question is, uh, why would it bring a, a, a story that contradicts what the Mishnah says? So it says, Ma'asel is story. You're giving me a story, an example, to contradict what you just taught me, that you're not supposed to use a grill. Because it said in the Mishnah that you're not supposed to do that. So it says, Chasroim Chasra, there's something missing from the Mishnah, implicit but missing. There is a type of grill that's allowed, which is a perforated type of grill. In other words, if you have a pan type of thing that you put the... Um if the if the body of the korban pesach is actually resting on a grill or on a on on something metal and that metal thing is heating up and heating it, that's not allowed. But if you had a a, a grill and you suspend the korban pesach over it, and that grill has openings in between the grates and the heat comes directly through them, so that would be okay. And that type of grill setup would be okay as long as korban pesach is not resting on the metal and is not. Uh, is not benefiting from the heat of the metal. Okay, so so it's not it's not a problem to have something in between. The the point is, it's not a problem to have something in between the korban pesach and the fire. The problem is to have the the korban pesach touching something that's hot besides the fire. Now it says Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Tzadok, rather So he told him go and use the perforated grill. So if a person had a, uh, a an oven and it was heated up with the shells of orlab, the peels of fruits that were orlab, so you're not allowed to benefit even from the peels of those fruits, and the person used that as charcoal, so the heat in there is the source, is something that is prohibited in benefit, even though he cleared out the coals, and then he, he cooked bread, he baked bread in this oven, which had been heated originally by things that are forbidden from benefit, so the According to the one that says that you're not allowed to benefit, there's a machloket earlier in this in this gemara in perik, the second parak of this gemara about shevach uh, etzim bapat. If we say that the the that when you have let's say charcoal that was made from a prohibited item like chametz or was made of uh, orla or whatever, and and that was the uh, that was what you used. Um, you use that as firewood. You used forget about charcoal for a second because that's not what we're up to. But like uh, you used chametz or you used orla as um, as your firewood. You know, do we say that that use of the firewood now that bread becomes prohibited in benefit? Because it derived its, you know, quality of being cooked from this prohibited item. So according to the one that says it is asur, Rabbi Omer, that the hapat asura, that in that case, um, the bread would be forbidden because we say that the, uh, you know, that it's deriving, it's, uh, it's benefited from, it's improved as a result of the olah, as a result of the, whatever the prohibited substance was that you used as firewood. But what if you cleared out the, the leftovers? It burned up and you cleared it out and it's just the heat that that's retained in the oven. What about that? So it says, Amalo, we said, in that case, the bread will be allowed because uh, there's no substance left. In other words, even according to Rabbi, who says that if you cook something on uh, with uh, shells of orla or with uh, any prohibited substance that's reduced to charcoal, it's reduced to, uh, you know, it's, it's destroyed in the process, but the bread will be prohibited, okay? 
even he would say that if you remove that substance completely, in other words, you remove the, uh, all of the charcoal out of there and it's just the heat that's retained in that oven, that that's not going to be considered connected back to the forbidden substance because there's no substance. There's one thing to say that the charcoal is still considered the, sub- the original substance, but it's another thing to say just the heat alone is connected to the original substance. That would be okay. And Amale said, But did not say that if you had a, an oven, that you heated it up, and then you cleared out the coals. That the Torah tells you that you ha- you're not allowed to do that for Korban Pesach. In other words, you, if you light a fire in an oven, and then you take the fire out, and you put the Korban Pesach in the oven, that is not called Tzili Ish. Okay? It has to be over a flame. It can't be that the heat came from a flame and then you put it in the airspace of the oven and it cooked from that. That will not be sufficient. Okay, so what do you see from that? Because the Torah says two times, tzeli'esh. It says twice about the Koban Pesach that it has to be over a flame, tzeli'esh. It says the word fire. So it's not enough that it's heat that came from fire. It actually has to, actually has to be fire. So that means that the only reason why, how we know that the hot air inside the oven that came from fire is not considered like fire itself is because the Torah emphasizes tzeli esh meaning that if we didn't have that extra pasuk we would have assumed that what's the difference whether the flame is there or it's, fi- or it's warm you know it's, it's heat generated by the flame same thing right so what do you see in general we should assume that if you have heat that was generated from a source it would be considered identical with the original source because the Torah has to come and explicitly tell you, no, in the case of Korban Pesach, even though the heat came from fire, it doesn't count as fire. What does that mean? We say the exception proves the rule, right? The fact that you have to tell me that the, fi- that the heat that was generated by the fire is not considered fire in the case of Korban Pesach suggests that in every other case where heat is generated from a substance, even though the substance is gone, we still consider that heat to be traced back to the original substance. And that would mean that if you heated up the oven with some forbidden substance, e- even according to the... Then and, and we're assuming that you, that, that the forbidden substance, even though it's becoming destroyed in the process of being, of combustion, still it is, uh, it, it's gonna create a prohibition in any food that you cook in there. Even if you remove the substance, the heat that it generated should really be traced back to the original substance. Because if not for the fact that the Pasuk tells us that in the case of Korban Pesach, that doesn't work, we would have assumed that it does work. Okay? So now it says, yes. No, that's only fruit. Only We're fruit. talking about klipota fruit. Klipa. It's not talking about the, the tree. Only the fruit is fruit. Yeah. He says, no, there is a different story. This is a case of not the exception proves the rule, but the example establishes the rule. In other words, we're not saying that the exception that it's an exception that the that, that the heat in the oven that came from fire is not considered fire for Korban Pesach is not a special law of Korban Pesach. It's teaching you a general principle of all of halacha that if the substance is gone, the the heat that it generated is not traced back to the original substance. It's just like it doesn't work by Korban Pesach, it doesn't work in any other case either. And therefore, if you heated up the oven with some prohibited substance and you remove the charcoal that was left over completely, even though the heat was 
still there, the heat would not be traced back to the original substance. V by them alternatively, we could say, that you might have said like this, that if we say, that another, another way to answer this contradiction, that on one hand we're telling you that in the case of Korban Pesach, if you remove the flame and only the heat remains, it's not good, right? So uh, it's not going to be sufficient, meaning that we don't trace it back to the original substance, right? So in the, uh, that, it, the, uh, in that case, seems to be an exception, but we're saying it's not an exception. It matches the case of when you remove the, forbidden, the charcoal of any other forbidden substance from the, from the uh, tanur, it's also going to be a, uh, it's also going to be traced back, not traced back, I mean, to the original substance, right? So it says, over there, by the, by the case of Korban Pesach, the reason is because the Torah said, it emphasized it twice. That it, and if it had not said it twice, you would have thought that the Torah only cares about the fact that it comes from fire, and even if you cleaned out the charcoal, it would still be considered it came from fire. But here, when it comes to Ola, what does the Torah care about? It cares about the fact that it comes from a prohibited, it's a prohibited um, substance that you cooked with. And that's no longer there. In other words, in the case of Korban Pesach, you might have had a reason to be more lenient. Right and to basically say that uh, the the reason why the Torah had to say it twice is because you would have an excuse to be more lenient. It's, he's saying that it's obvious in the case of it's more obvious in the case of a prohibited substance. That what is the problem benefiting from the prohibited substance? Just because the heat is there, the substance is gone, so you wouldn't have to worry. In the case of ish, you might have thought, what difference does it make if it's directly the ish is there or the heat is derived from the ish? It doesn't matter. So that's why the Torah has to tell you silly ish two times to say there actually has to be a flame there. Okay, that's the chidush. But the point is that in both cases we're saying. That the heat doesn't count as the original source, right? That's, that's the point. So when it's a prohibition, that means the heat doesn't count as the original source to prohibit the bread, even though the heat originally was generated from burning things that are forbidden to benefit from. And when it comes to the, uh, when it comes to the Korban Pesach, we don't say that because this heat was generated by fire. It's like cooking it over the fire. Okay. Let's not, because I don't want to go into a different topic. Okay. okay? If you cut off the Korban Pesach and put it onto coals, okay, what about that? What do you say about coals? Are coals the same as fire or not? Okay? So we, well, that's, that's what you say. But Rabbi Omer, you're right. Okay? And so you agree with Rabbi. Hey, maybe you're the Gilgul of Rabbi Yudah Hanasi. You said the same thing as him. Right? He says, that's the same thing as Tzli'esh. Charcoal is Tzli'esh. Why? Because what is Tzli'esh? It's a fire that you created from wood or whatever. And this is just the fire. The wood has reduced to coals, you know, but it's the same thing. What's the difference? Right? So he says, if you cut it. Now, he doesn't mean to chop up the Koban Pesach because you're not allowed to do that. But he means making holes in it so that it will, the, you know, the, make certain cuts in the meat, not to actually chop it up. Yeah, you poke it so that the heat gets in. But that's all. Rabbi says it's considered good. Okay? Rabbi says, Did Rabbi really say that Charcoal is considered like fire. What's Mikhvat Ish talking about? A person that gets tzara'at in a place that used to be Mikhvat Ish. We're going to be getting up to these parashiyot soon enough, you know, about Tazriyah, Mitzvah. If the person has a, a, a burn, 
and the burn starts to become a tzara'at, how can you tell what is the discoloration of tzara'at and what is the discoloration of the burn? Right? So that's the halacha of mechvat esh, a certain type of tzara'at that appears on a, uh, on a burn. So it's enli alash nechva beish. We only know a person who get, uh, got burned by fire is subject to those rules of the mechvat esh, of the tzara'at that is on a, uh, uh, on a former burn. But what if you got burned by uh, coals? Or um, ashes, or a burning lime, or it's uh, like a plaster, or anything else that is from the fire to include hot water. How do you know if you got burned by, like, scalded by hot water? Any of those things, right? How do you know that all of those are considered burns for the purpose of Torah? Talmud Lomar, Mechva, Mechva, Ribat says the word Mechva two times to include, right? So, Tamad Rabbe Rachmana Mechva, Mechva, Halar Rabbe Rachmana. So what is the implication of this Brayta? This Brayta is saying that no matter where you got the burn, you got the burn from directly from fire, you got the burn from ashes, you got the burn from b- boiling water, it doesn't matter. A burn that originally came from fire is considered a burn. And the special halachot that apply to identifying tzarat on a burn will apply. Now, what those halachot are will take us too far off to discuss. But the point is just to know that it's saying michva, that the when it says michvat esh in the Torah, okay, and it says the word mechva twice to tell you that any way that the fire eventually reached your skin, it doesn't matter if it was through another material, Indirect. like water, indirectly, it's still going to be. But what do you see from that? From the fact that you need a pasuk to tell you. Right? You need an extra word to include not just fire, but coals and ashes and all this stuff. Shows you that they themselves are not considered fire. Now, we're not interested in hot water not being considered fire, because that's for sure, because we know that you're not allowed to cook the Korban Pesach in hot water, so obviously it's not considered fire. But what we're concerned about is the fact it says gachelet. It says here coals. Goals are one of the things that it says were learned from the Pasuk, that if you didn't have the word michvat two times, you would have assumed that coals that are hot are not the same as fire. So that you needed an extra Pasuk to tell you that. So that shows you that Rabbi is wrong. Coals are not considered fire in themselves. You know, if it was a matter of a gechelet shel Gachelet shel etz means that it is a wooden char. That, yeah, that wood was reduced. That's fine. But what you needed is for a smoldering piece of metal that caught on fire. Okay. Is that really true? That burning metal is not considered to be fire? I'll, I'll challenge that. What do we say about a bat kohen? If a bat kohen gets married and she commits adultery, there's a special punishment her, for her called sreifa. One of the Arba mitot betin. There are four uh, uh, mitot betin, we know. Sekila sreifa heg v'chenek. We say it again and again on Yom Kippur. Sreifa is for the bat kohen. Ba'esh tesaref. It's right. Ubat ish kohen ki techel is not. Et avia hi mechalelet. Ba'esh tesaref. It's the beginning of Parashat Emor. Okay, so what does it say? What they did was that they, uh, they, they actually made her swallow boiling lead. That was the srefa. It wasn't that they burned her like they used to burn the witches or like they burned Joan of Arc or whatever on the, on the stake, the way that the Catholic Church used to like to burn people. You know, they, it was uh, different. They, so, what, so what do you see from that? You see burning metal, boiling metal is considered fire because it's ba'esh tisaref, and we don't use ish. So how could you say that that's not, how could you, it says in the Pasuk, Ba'esh Tisaref, you have to burn with fire. So it says, Because first it said Ba'esh, but then it said Tisaref, she shall be burnt. Which means to include everything. Okay, so then, certainly fire itself. 
Okay? So if that's true, if you're telling me that that's kol sheken, fire itself, certainly fire itself should be good. So then what we should do is we should do what, they, uh, what Lehavdil, the Catholics do, and, and, and they don't do it anymore, I don't think, but they, they used to do, and wrap, them, wrap her with uh, vines and light it on fire and burn it like that. Right, We learned it from Bnei Aaron. We know that in the case of Nadav and Avihu, the fire went into them and burned them from the inside, but they were totally intact on the outside. That's how we do it. We do it that way. Why can't we use hot water? Chamea Ur means hot water, boiling water. That would also kill you. Because Rav Nachman said you have to love your fellow as yourself. You have to choose for him the nicest type of death. And bur- boiling water would be much worse than boiling lead. <laughs> boiling lead will kill you in an instant. Boiling water maybe take a little bit longer. Right? So anyway, so it's better. So once we have Rav Nachman, why do we need the Gzera Shava? Why do we need to learn from Bnei Aaron for that? If I didn't know about Bnei Aaron, I might have thought that wasn't a valid type of a Sreifa. It wasn't a valid type of burning because you have to burn the whole body. You can't just burn from the inside. Right? So therefore, I needed to know from Bnei Aaron that it counts. And if it were just Rav Nachman alone, Tuvai would just put a lot of uh, vines around her to, to burn her and, and I would burn her from the outside. So, like it says in Kaddish, but this is a bad one. Right? Ba'agala doesn't mean Ba'agala with a wagon. Right? It's, that's what they hate. Uh, that's what I used to say. How do you know the Mashiach is going to be a wagon driver? Because it says Ba'agala. You know? but, it's a, but that's not the kind of agala. Or he's going to work at the supermarket. Bagala, bagala is one Yeah. So anyway, kamashmalat. So it comes to tell you that uh, no, that we ha- so we have a combination. We learn from Bnei Aron that the burning from the inside is good, and we learn from Rav Nachman that even the burning from the inside should be a burning that is the mitayafah the fastest possible, and we use that. So. So what's, uh, if that's the case, that really Ba'esh is not acceptable, we don't use fire, we don't directly burn her with fire, we, we, we don't use that. So if that's true, what it means is that we, to exclude lead that is naturally liquefied and hot that was from the crust of the earth, like when they dig it up from the ground, if it's hot naturally, lava? that's not enough, yeah, like a type of a lava, that wouldn't be good, it has to be something that's actually heated up by fire, it can't be something that is naturally hot. Now what's the point here? The point... Uh, uh, that we were that we originally started with was whether gechalim. What do we say about the coals? And we said we said that we see that coals are uh, should really according to in the halachot of tzarat we needed an extra pasuk to tell us that coals were uh, considered fire and said no that's only a metal coal. Uh, but um, but the uh, uh, I'm sorry yeah metal coals. But but wood coals you wouldn't really need that. Wood coals for sure is considered fire. The only you wouldn't need a pasuk for that. You need it for metal. And then we went through this whole discussion. Of the Bat Kohen. Now it says, Are you telling me that any time it says Tisaref, the extra, the fact that Tisaref is written in the Pasuk means not only fire but any kind of burning, and Ba'esh is just an example? You're really saying that? But wait a second. But when it comes to Korbanot, that are Parim and Sofim. Parim and Sofim are certain types of Korbanot that are not eaten but are burnt. They're Chataot, actually. These are Korban Chatat that nobody eats. For example, the, uh, the Parim of, uh, of Yom Kippur. Or the par helim uh, davar shel the par of the uh, when the, a mistake is made by the uh, by the bet din hagadol that we learned in Masechet Horayot, or if the kohen gadol makes a mistake, his par these are parim anisrafim. Okay, so parim anisrafim, the burnt ones. What happens? It says there you have to burn it on wood in fire. It says you can only use. 
fire. You cannot use uh, uh, boiling plaster, boiling, uh, uh, boiling lime. Right, so what do you see from there? You see that even though they are heated by fire, that's not good enough. So not everything heated by fire in the word pasuk by the kohen by the bat kohen. You're saying that includes everything, but it doesn't include everything because here it also says that you should burn ala itzim baish, and we don't say that. Right, so he says amale achiashta. That's different. Hatam ketiv baish vadar tisarev lerabot kosefot abarot mechamat aish achal ketiv v'sarav vador ala itzim baish levasof aish because over there by the kohen by the bat kohen it says baish tisarev. The word tisarev comes after baish, so that means that it expands the the word aish to other things. But here it says v'sarav vador ala itzim baish. The word aish comes. Last, meaning to say that's the only thing you can use. Esh, remember the esh in midachrinalo. That there's no other options but fire there. Hatam namiktiva sreifale vasof. But even there it says sreifa at the end. How so? Dichtiv al shefechadeshen yisarif. The place where you pour out the ashes from the Trumatadeshen. Because every day they would pile up the, uh, you know, they would have the uh, piling of the ashes and then they would take it, eventually they would take it out. Right? So you have to do it al shefechadeshen yisarif. So why don't we say that yisarif? comes to include any kind of burning. It doesn't have to be with fire. So it says, That's a different re- reason. Yisarev means that even though, even though it says, the place where you pour the deshen, the ashes from the Mizbeach, is where you're supposed to burn this chatat, it doesn't mean that there has to actually be ashes there. It's just identifying a location. And also it means, Yisarev means that even though you lit it on fire, you have to continue to be involved with it until the burning is completed. That's what the word Yisarev means there, but not to expand the number of materials we can use. Fine. So according to this, the really coals definitely are considered to be esh. The only thing is metal coals or heating up of metal, you would need a special pasuk to include in these various cases to include it. In the case of Bat Kohen, you need the Ba'esh Tisarev. In other cases, you would need an extra pasuk to include metal. That is hot. Okay. Now we have another opinion. I don't believe that this is true, that the, that the, the Braita meant that you need to uh, have a pasuk for any kind of gachelet, any kind of uh, coal. That, but rather we have to fix the Braita a little bit. That's what it should say. In other words, that should have been part of the opening of the Braita. Not part of the Braita that we learn from a Pasuk. Meaning, I only know, would know from the word Michva automatically that the person was burnt either by fire or by a coal. That's the same thing according to the Braita. In other words, he rewrites the Braita basically. Instead of putting Gachelet, instead of putting coal with the things that are learned from the Pasuk, he puts coal with the things that are obvious. And if that's one of the things that are obvious, whether it is a wooden coals or whether it is from metal, it wouldn't matter. Now, Rava, Rami, Rava raised a, showed a contradiction here because did Rabbi really say that coal is considered to be fire? Or a mini? I'll show a contradiction. When it talks about the Kohen Gadol, brings right? when he goes in for the Yom, Avodat Yom Kippurim, he goes into the Kodesh Kodashim with Gachaleesh. It says he has to bring coals of fire. Okay, so it says You might think that means smoldering, meaning that they're already really, there's no flame there. It's just like hot coals that are, that are dying, right? That's why it says Esh. So if it says Esh, you might think you need a flame, a big flame. That's why it says Gachale, meaning coals. Lochashot literally means whispering, but what it means is that it is flickering. You could see some flickering of fire, but not a gigantic flame, and it's not like smoldering and dead. Okay? Now it's not going out. So what do you see from that? Alma lochashot. 
So what do you see from there? There's an intrinsic contradiction in this brayta. Why? Because Because the first part of the brayta is assuming what? It's saying that from the word gachalei, I would assume that I should have coals that have no fire, implying that if they have any flickering at all, that's called fire. Right? Because they said the word gachale by itself means without any flame. But ema sefa i esh echol shalhevet. But then at this, the latter part of the bright that says, if you just had the word esh, you would assume it had to be a big flame. Which implies, what? Talmud amar gachale, alma afil lochashot lav eshninu. Which implies that lochashot is not fire. In other words, it's saying that it's taking two different positions about the middle. There are three extri- There are three cases. There's the coals that are hot, but there's no flickering of any flame at all. There's the coals that are, that have, there's a full flame, right? And then there's the coals that have a little bit of a flame. That's in the middle. So everybody would agree if there's an actual flame coming up that it's obviously fine. Everybody would seemingly agree that if there's no discernible flame at all, then it's not called ish. What about the middle case? So the first example, the first part of the Brayta is saying, if I just had the word gachalei, I would have assumed that there should be no flickering at all. That means if there's even a little bit of flickering, it's also called ish, already called ish. On the other hand, in the latter part of the bright that says, oh, if I had the word esh, I would think it has to be a flame. Why? Why not just say if it had the word esh, I would think it would be coals with a little bit of flickering. You said that coals with a little bit of flickering is already considered esh. So which one is it? So I said, Amar Rav Sheshet, Rav Sheshet explained, the word that really the bright meant to say that the word could mean either thing. It could mean hot coals with no flame or it could mean flickering. Talmud Amar Esh. That's why it comes to say esh to tell you it has to be flickering. But I esh, echol shalhevet. You could take that to an extreme and think it has to be a full flame. Talmud Lamar Gachale. That's why it says Gachale Haketzad Mevimenalochashot, which means to say that you bring from coals that have some flame coming up, but it doesn't have to be a big flame. It's just you could see that they're flickering with the fire. Okay? Now, what is it? Lochashot doesn't really have a flame. It's just. It's a flickering. You see the, the, the spark, the flickering. Love Right. It doesn't have a flame that comes up, but you see flickering. Of, you know, when you look at it, you see the orange of the. Red, you see the red and the red. orange there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You see a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The red hot coal is very hot. Yeah. So mikol makom do gechalim lo ikreish. You see clearly from this brayta that the word gechalim by itself does not mean fire. Right? Because they're saying it could mean omemot, it could mean lochashot, it could mean without any fire, totally uh, dying out. Gechalim doesn't mean fire. So, kashel rabbi, this is a problem for rabbi. Amar Abayabai said, no, 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 it goes like this. Gachalei, the word gachalei yechol amot velo lochashot, because you might have thought that gachalei means without any uh, fire at all, without any flickering at all. Tamud lomar esh, that's why it says the word esh. I esh, echol yevi, But if it just said esh, you would have thought you had two options. The word esh could either mean, Abayi is saying, could either mean a red hot flickering coal or it could mean a flame. Right? Talmud lamar gachalei. That's why it has to say gachalei. Haketzan vimin Which means don't just bring a flame. Bring coals that are red hot. Okay? Now he says, it should say rava, I think. No, right? no a flame by itself is no good. Right, but he's saying gachal, the word esh could either mean gechalim or could mean a flame according to that. He's saying it's not a contradiction. It could mean both. The only thing is the Torah is telling it has to be gachalim. Gechalim, right? So that says, Ratza gechelet yavi. Rava says, no. Rava says, Ratza gechelet yavi. Ratza shalhevet yavi. Shalhevet lo gechelet yavi. What are you talking about, Abaye? You're making up a story where you're going to bring a flame. How, how are you going to bring a flame without any base? What, what is it? It's like uh, some magic show. 
Let's go. So, kegon de shafyalim manam mishcha. The only way you could do that would be if you put some oil on like the bottom of a pan, right? And then you put a flame and you'll have a flame without anything, right? But he says, He said, I don't need a pasuk to tell me that that's not an intelligent way to do it. Because you wouldn't even do that in front of a king. That's how you're going to bring a light in front of the king. You're going to put a little bit of oil and you're going to light it. No one would do that, right? Yeah. 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 Now we have, yeah, now we have that. But in front of Hashem, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. True, but uh, it's not a uh, without any substance. You still have something that contains it, and you know has, you don't just put a flame like that. This is the answer. If you just had the word gechalim, you would think specifically without any redness. So it says esh. He said what you might have thought was that when you take these coals. Part of it could be flaming up, yeah. and part of it will be just charcoal, yeah. right? Reddish charcoal. And by the time I get inside, the whole thing will just have died down already, because when you walk with it, it will, it will die down. So he said, that's what you might have thought. So therefore, Talmud It's talking about when you take it, what does it have to be? When you take it off the Mizbech, it already has to be only coals, not with a flame coming up. It shouldn't be with a flame coming up. It should just be red hot coals. Mishat It's just telling you that from when you take it, it has to be gechalim. But the point of all of this is that the word gechalim can mean fire. It is, in other words, it, it can. T- it's not. It's not contradictory to say gechalim to say fire. You don't need an extra pasuk to say gechalim to say fire. It's just the manner in which you convey the fire. Do you convey the fire with a big flame shooting up, or you convey it in a you know in the uh, in red hot coals form? And that's what you're supposed to do. Hey, by the way, they asked a question, and this question is asked a few times in Shas, actually. Uh, we've seen it, uh, we've seen both of the other times, I think. Yeah, Bachod and, and Shabbat, we've seen them. It says, O Mimot with Aleph or O Mimot with Ayin, which is the correct spelling. What does it mean? Uh, the, uh, the smoldering coals that are going out, oh. right? So it says, Ayin or Aleph. Well, yeah, so Amar Rabbi Yitzchak Arazim lo amemua began Elohim. That the, uh, the cedars lo amemua began Elohim. So it's, uh, so you see that the, they were not, uh, she says lo ikawet mar ito. That even the cedars did not, did not take away from his appearance. It's talking about one of the kings, the king of, Tz- of Tzur. Yeah. Right, so it says that he was that that he, the, because a lot of times the the leaders are called trees, like when it says Arzea Levanon. Uh, to praise Hashem, the Arzei Levano is talking about the uh, talking about the people, talking about the leaders, right? Uh, when it says uh, when it says uh, when, it, when it talks about the Arzei Levano, it's talking about the great, the powerful people. Okay, so he says this is talking about how his appearance was not dimmed, da- wasn't dimmed at all by the other great leaders because he was so great. So Amemu means that uh, is with an eye in the diminishing. So the coals that are diminishing in their flame, they're already going out. Those definitely are not good. You don't need a flame shooting up like in the commercials where they show those restaurants with the flame shooting out. You know, it look supposed to look very good. You know, when they're cooking, but it's probably fire hazard. You know, it's just supposed to be red hot coals that they uh, that. That they would bring into the uh, Kodesh Kodeshim. So in the end, Rabbi is defended that the Gechalim and fire can really be the same thing. Gechalim are just a, uh, are not considered something other than fire. That's the Chidush, because you can't roast the Korban Pesach something other than fire. So Rabbi is saying charcoal is not considered a different substance than the fire itself. It's just the vehicle through which the fire is traveling yeah. or is embodied, because fire is something that can't exist without something, some fuel that's attached. It has to be on something. It can't just exist in the, you know, in a vacuum. So the fire 
fire has to be something. So the the coals are not considered something other than the fire itself. That's the chidush of Rabbi. It's not like heating something up and the other thing will be the thing that cooks the korban pesach. Okay. As my 